As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm Michelle Owen and this is the Athletic Men's Football Podcast World Cup edition. Today we'll be looking back on day seven of the FIFA Women's World Cup. In Perth, Burlu, Canada came from behind to defeat the Republic of Ireland, which knocks the Irish out of the competition. Spain made light work of Zambia to qualify for the last 16 from Group C. And victory for the Spanish meant Japan also secured their place in the last 16 after their win over Costa Rica earlier in the day. Joining me today are the Athletics, Kiva O'Neill and Duncan Alexander. Hello both. Hello. Hey. And we'll also be hearing from Laia Caveo Herrero, Meg Linehan and Jacob Whitehead later in the show. So first up then, one place to start, Canada against the Republic of Ireland. The girls in green, or Nakalini Inglos, for Irish-speaking listeners, played Olympic champions Canada in their second group game of this World Cup. Now, Arsenal's Katie McCabe put Ireland ahead early on with a goal directly from a corner. People were talking about her ability from set pieces before the tournament, um, but that was something else. Kiva, did she mean it? Absolutely. Katie McCabe means everything she ever does on a football pitch, unless the referee thinks... Otherwise, and she'll protest that way. But yeah, she definitely meant it. You've seen her do it before. And obviously, you sort of seen her run away as well, which was the giveaway telltale. She was already celebrating that it was going in because she knew. That's, I think, what makes it a great player, that she hits the ball and knows it's good. 
Statistically, there has been an increase in the last sort of five years, generally in football, of people scoring that type of goal. I mean, it used to be a bit of a fluke, you know, it used to be kind of wind assisted, but we've got to a point now where players are so sort of adept at hitting the ball that it is actually a legitimate kind of shot. I kind of think for some reason it always seems to be left footed players that are slightly better at it. I don't know. That's more of a hunch than than a data point. But um, yeah, it was a great goal. Should kind of have done more to stop it though, Duncan. So... I've seen a guy called Joe Jacobson play for Wickham. He scored two of yeah. those in a game. And he's actually scored four or five in his career. And, and when you get a player like McCabe as well, that they can hit it that well. I don't think you can blame the keeper because it arced in at such pace that, yes, you, you, know, you could get a touch to it, but it was coming in at such, such an angle that I think it's actually really difficult to save. So, I mean, I think some people were blaming her, but I think it was just, you know, you've got to give credit to the kick, really. Uh, nice to see Ireland come out and, and play in this game, have a bit of the ball. What were they doing differently in this game uh, compared to the last, Kiva? I feel like they were less defensively minded. You know, that back five in the first game worked. I feel like this game, they just looked to take the game to Canada a little bit more. And obviously the early goal helped them do that. I think that gives them a lot of confidence to build on straight away. That just brought them out of the shell and is exactly how you kind of wanted them to approach this game because I think sitting off and waiting for Canada to eventually score and then coming into life late on in the game wasn't necessarily going to work because it didn't work against Australia as good as those late flurry of chances were. It wasn't enough. So, you know, Ireland needed to do something and I felt like they did that. I thought the game plan and the approach was much better and they just looked like they believed in themselves a little bit more. And I think that really does tell when you watch you know, that first half in particular, it was just a hammer blow to concede at the end of it because you feel like, you know, obviously Katie McCabe will not, you know, will absolutely be made up with that goal, but Ireland do not want to be remembered for Katie McCabe scoring from a corner and Katie McCabe will be the first one to say that, you know, and conceding the way they did and the manner that they did in the last couple of minutes was not what Vera Paul would have wanted. It was an uphill battle and you knew Canada were going to click, they were going to wake up and even though they didn't quite look like as powerful as maybe they could be, they still got there, didn't they? Because that's what you expected from them. With Ireland, I think you didn't expect them to win this game, but there was hope and then I guess it's the hope that does kill you. Yeah, Duncan, it was fair to say Canada were lucky to go in level with that goal, weren't they? Yeah, it was just before 50 minutes, you know, with injury time, which is always painful to to see a half go that long and concede. And yeah, Canada had one shot on target in the first half. I mean, obviously the goal was was an own goal, which doesn't count as one of those. But, you know, it really was a classic sort of game of two halves. You know, Ireland only had one shot on target in the second half. And it it felt like if, you know, if Ireland could have got two goals ahead, I think they really could have could have gone on to do something in that game. But it was just as as time went on, it, it you know, they just sort of ran out of energy a little bit. Yeah, Kiva, Canada's made two subs at half-time, one for Ireland. You said that you felt they were going to come and have more momentum, they're going to have time to regroup at half-time. Do you think those subs really shift the momentum a little bit more? Uh, Canada, I feel like it just changed the game. It was a great call from Bev Priestman. I just felt like, I mean, you're bringing Christine Sinclair onto the pitch, it's going to just scare anyone, isn't it? I feel like, even though maybe she didn't have the game that you'd imagine her to have, but I think Sophie Schmidt as well, that assist needs a mention because obviously the goal was amazing, but the pass for it was just, you know, that was the kind of moment that Canada needed. Obviously, they got a bit of Irish luck with the own goal, 
but I felt like they needed a moment of pure quality to sort of get in front. And once they were there, you were confident that that's where they would stay. And that's exactly what they got. So I feel like that just changed maybe the momentum and the dynamic a little bit. But I do feel like conceding in the manner that Ireland did completely sort of changed their whole energy going into that second half. They just they looked different, woke up a little bit at times and had a few chances, but not nothing that really you know made you believe that they could actually get a point from this and obviously avoid elimination. Yeah, um, it was pretty rushed at the end, wasn't it, Duncan? But desperation, really, do you think, trying to get that equaliser? Yeah, there was a really good chance McCabe had on, on 79 minutes where she's kind of dribbled through and, and went sort of short just wide, which is probably the, the best opportunity and, you know, it would have been a would have been a great goal. But yeah, towards the last sort of five minutes and in injury time, it, it, it's that thing you see so often in, in that sort of scenario when a team knows they're, they're heading out where, you know, sometimes the, the passes are a bit rushed and, and the chance creation just, just doesn't really come. And yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a real shame, but it, they just sort of ran out of steam towards the end. Yeah, Ireland are out then, Kiva. Overall, how should Irish fans and players feel about their tournament? It always just seems so quick that it's over if you go out in the group stage at this point. Yeah, I think it would have been better had they, you know, managed to get a point even here and, you know, took it to the last game. I feel like that would have, you know, they've worked hard and I just feel like it was such a difficult group. Like, coming into the World Cup, as soon as the draw, you just seen, you knew the, you know, violent. Ireland were going to have such a difficult time, Nigeria, Australia, Canada. That might be the toughest group to get out of in a way for them. Obviously, we know like Spain and Japan's group who we're going to come on to next. You know, that's a difficult group, but I just feel like you didn't have any hope for Ireland really thinking about it on paper or otherwise. And they've showed that actually, do you know what? They, they fought it out with some of the, you know, the best teams in this competition in Australia and Canada, some of the best players. So there's hope there, I think, going forward. But obviously just sad now that the last game will come and they're already out. So, yeah, I think, you know, a big moment in Irish football anyway, I think, in Irish sport. I think, you know, this is landmark and Katie McCabe's goal will go down in history. But, you know, this squad will anyway and their achievements. And I think the important thing for Ireland going forward is to make sure that, and we know how difficult this will be, but to qualify for Euros and World Cups again in the future because that's, you know, that'll be the bedrock now. We're, they'll look back on this one day and think, you know, we're always qualifying for World Cups. Look at the the team that first did it. And that's the hope, isn't it? That this isn't just a one-off. Yeah, well, that leaves Canada top of Group B and Republic Ireland propping up with no points from two games. Up next in Group B, it's Australia v Nigeria. Uh, Thursday morning, 11am for Australia. Some more bad injury news ahead of their game tomorrow. Australian football journalist Samantha Lewis has tweeted, Football Australia have just confirmed Mary Fowler and Avi Lewick are both unavailable for tomorrow night's game against Nigeria after sustaining separate concussions at training on Tuesday. Spain with their second successive impressive showing in this World Cup, winning 5-0 against Zambia. That result saw Spain qualify for the last 16 and knock Zambia out of the competition. The Athletics' Lea Cabello-Herrera was at the Auckland Tamaki Macarao Stadium and sent us this report just after the final whistle. 
Spain continued their impressive World Cup campaign with a great win against Zambia at Eden Park Stadium today in Auckland. The Spanish national team qualified for the round of 16 in a tricky match against Zambia. We say tricky match because the African side is a physical, fast team which could show one of the aspects that left us more worried in the match against Costa Rica. In the easiest match of the group stage, they were not very solid in defense and there were fears that against such a strong opponent they could suffer, although Spain, of course, were still favorites. Jorge Vilda worked on the defensive aspect and also the finishing this week and it worked. Five nil, five goals were scored, making it much more easy for them to go through as top of the group. Jennifer Hermoso had a great game. She came back as a winger after playing, uh, after playing as an inside player in the last game and scored two goals. She gave calmness to the team and was one of the players who most sustained the performance throughout the game, even when the game broke down at some point. A comfortable victory for a team who are already thinking about who will be their next opponent in the round of 16. A dunk in this was one side, wasn't it, from the very first minute? Yeah, I mean, we, we suspected it might be, but and it really was. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, a very uh, dominant performance. I mean, Spain sort of started fast, eased off a bit and then came again with substitutes really. So I think, I mean, we talked a little bit a minute ago about scheduling. I think Ireland were unlucky to start with Australia, then then Canada. I mean, the only thing disappointing, I guess, in this group is that, um, you know, Spain, Japan is now sort of still be a great game, but it, there's less riding on it because both have gone through. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, we've seen at previous World Cups, if you, in a group like this, if you do put the kind of, in inverted commas, biggest game early, it can, you know, can set it up for, for a bit more excitement. But yeah, this was a, a very strong performance. When Spain scored in the ninth minute and then again the 13th, it um, was a bit of a worry it might get embarrassing, Kiva. But Spain, do you think they backed off a little bit? A little bit, maybe. But I do think Zambia held their own in, in moments as well. I thought Sakala, the goalkeeper, was absolutely phenomenal and made some incredible saves. Like, I was thinking, watching, like, imagine being 21, you're the third-choice goalkeeper, and you play it against Spain, like that would be absolutely terrifying. Like I can't, couldn't play in goal anyway, never mind. But like to play in goal against Spain takes guts and some of the saves she pulled off was just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just think Spain quite relaxed from as soon as they went 2-0 up. Maybe that was it more than dropping off. It was just, they did look pretty annoyed every time Bar like ruled out the goals and then sort of gave them the goals. They were like annoyed by that, like... We still want to score. So you can see that hunger was quite there. But obviously, you know, I think they knew that they were obviously going to win the game. And I think, you know, as soon as they scored that first goal, everyone kind of knew that was the direction of the game going. Because I think when they went 3-0 up, it was kind of like, OK, yeah, there's three points. But I mean, we all kind of knew it was in the bag much earlier than that. Yeah, Spain would be delighted they were able to give Alexia Pateas 45 minutes as she builds up her fitness again. Um, It kind of went perfectly for Spain from a game management perspective didn't it uh, Duncan won early on and they gave some players minutes and managed to rest others yeah absolutely it was it's the perfect sort of second group game really at, at a World Cup I mean it's interesting that even Navarro came on um, and she created more chances in that game than anyone else so you know I think that sort of match obviously gives a gives an opportunity for to to other players in the squad to, to come in as well I mean just touching on what Kiva said about the VAR was I, I think when a team's like four nil up and they're taking that long over over VAR, there should be a sort of a minute limit almost because it, it wasn't going to make any difference in in the long term. Um, and then obviously there's been a bit of 
criticism of how effective it is the referee's actually talking and, and in this instance the ref actually said no goal when it was a goal which was uh which confused the crowd briefly um we didn't really learn anything new about the spain side did we keep it felt pretty similar to the costa rica performance due to with respect the caliber of opposition yeah and i think that sort of links into what duncan mentioned earlier about this spain and japan game which is coming up you kind of wanted that to be earlier on so you kind of really get a test for I guess Spain and Japan as well, but having you know faced each other in the final game, it doesn't quite you know maybe they will make changes and rest certain players. I think the feeling you get from Spain watching them is that they just like to move the ball about quickly and they're very good at it. You know, it's just a very similar. As soon as you see Spain playing in that red kit, you just know what to expect, don't you? And I think you know that's the approach of teams, but. You know, it'll be very interesting to see what happens beyond the game against Japan because that's when I think we'll really sort of see where Spain are in terms of, you know, how far they can go. Yeah, Michael Cox actually wrote a piece today on The Athletic which kind of pointed out that, you know, Japan and and Spain are both playing sort of very, you know, sort of tick-attacker style football and, and controlled football and, and they they look like the best two teams at the moment and maybe some more sort of power-based teams, uh, England and USA, have, have struggled a little bit. But again, you know, small sample size, those latter two have only played one game. So it is still really early in the tournament and we all know that, you know, often the teams that, that start off well in tournaments don't, maintain that throughout but yeah I mean it, that final group game even though there is less on it it should be you know it should be a brilliant match in terms of technical quality I mean it's not meaningless because it's going to decide who finishes first and second I guess but they're going to rotate right and they want to set themselves up right for the round of 16 I mean this is a delicate balance is it for the managers Duncan yeah I mean it, it's it absolutely is. I mean, we see some managers, we saw England in the Euros, didn't we, who barely made a, a change at all, at, you know, with even the substitutions were the same and, and that really worked for them. But then you get other teams where, you know, having a deeper squad allows you to rotate more and, and that suits that set of players. So I don't think there's any right or wrong approach, but I do think it's a it's a careful thing to to think about because if you did make loads of changes and get, you know, beaten quite heavily by the other team, then that could affect you uh, going into the next match. So that leaves Group C like this. Spain atop with six points. Japan second by virtue of goal difference, also on six points. And Costa Rica and Zambia have none so far in third and fourth, respectively. And next up in Group C is Costa Rica against Zambia and Japan play Spain. These two games kick off at the same time, 8am on Monday. Spain's victory also meant qualification for Japan and elimination for Costa Rica, who played each other earlier in the day. We're going to talk about that game, check in with the Lionesses and see what there is to look forward to tomorrow next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. 
Today's action started on New Zealand's South Island with Japan beating Costa Rica 2-0 at the Dunedin Stadium in Dunedin. Otapoti. So Japan are through and having not been rated by many going into the tournament, Kiva, it's been a very good start. And um, What have you made of them? Well, I've kind of been looking at them now, I guess. Like you say, coming into the tournament, you're like, Japan, yeah, they could do something. But now I'm like, hmm, yeah, I know they've played Zambia and Costa Rica. But as Duncan mentioned there, the style of play is really nice to watch, isn't it? And um, what I did notice about them is I think they've scored seven goals so far and I think a different player scored each goal. So you can see that kind of like not only is it like efficient and fluid, but, you know, the goals will move around the team as well, which I think should serve them well, you know, going into the round of 16 in particular. And, you know, if they've got hopes of going beyond that, I think, yeah, they're definitely one to watch, aren't they? Yeah, Duncan, I mean, how deep do you think they can go in this this tournament? Because they've looked pretty formidable so far. Yeah, I mean, it's the the third time in four editions they've started off with back-to-back wins. Um, but it's the first time I've actually done it keeping clean sheets. So I think that's, you know, we all know that kind of defence wins tournaments, that old cliche. But I do think that that being able to be tight at the back in a tournament is a, is a massive thing. I think that's probably the thing that where they've improved the most. And I think that probably gives them a reasonable chance of yeah getting beyond the last 16. The Lionesses had a public training session yesterday on the Central Coast in Australia. Today, they'll be stepping up their preparations ahead of playing Denmark on Friday. Jacob Whitehead is with them throughout and here's his latest report. Good evening, this is Jacob Whitehead reporting from the England camp in Terrigal on the central coast. So, exciting day today. When the England team were out at training at midday, a few selected members of the media got invited to come and see their base at the Crown Plaza Hotel. So, just to paint the picture, Terrigal, it's a surf town. It's about an hour and a half north of Sydney. And it really is absolutely lovely. It's sunset right now uh, as I'm speaking and you could paint it. So... One of the main things of Lioness's uh, hotel is they really wanted to make it a home from home. A a lion's den is the branding they're using. Take that with a pinch of salt, if you will. But uh, you go in and it's absolutely festooned with balloons, all in the England colours. You go up the steps and there's this open, bright atrium, uh, which is called The Hub. And in that, there's arts and craft tables. There's cornhole, kind of Midwest American game. There's a wall chart, which Lucy Bronze is in charge of. And in the corner, there's a really nice touch. It's a painting of all the squads, but not as you know them now. It's all of them painted as kids in their grassroots kits, kind of remembering where they've come from. Anyway, lots of other rooms off that. Each one's named after Lioness Legends. The relaxation room, uh, quite suitably, is named after Jill Scott. Uh, so in that, there's VR headsets, there's darts, old-school arcade games. I really fancy to go on Simpsons Hit and Run. A few touches from home, we've got homemade flapjacks, Ronson's fruit cordial, and the chef, Gareth, does take requests from the players. There's an analysis room, which they actually try to not spend too much time in. They kind of want to keep messages short, sharp. That scene is kind of more effective. And, of course, it's quite funny. Someone asked what Serena does to relax, and the firm answer was, she just works. Anyway, that's all from today. Uh, Chatting to Alex Greenwood and... Kira Walsh later and hopefully bring you an update on that tomorrow. See you soon. So tomorrow then, the US are back in action with a repeat of the 2019 final against the Netherlands. Here's the Athletics' Meg Linehan looking ahead to that match. really seems like the vibe around the US heading into game two is that you got the job done in game one, right? I think... 
maybe if there is some frustration about the fact that you go from 2019, that opening win, 13 nothing, getting criticized, to then winning 3 nothing over Vietnam and getting criticized for not scoring enough goals, if that's the case, it's not really coming through to the public, but it really does seem like the mood is good, players are still loose, Roosevelt was up on the podium today alongside head coach Flacco Andonofsky, and that to me is a very good sign that that 30 minutes that she got against Vietnam were enough to get her into the swing of things with this World Cup. I, I do think that it seems fair to expect that she is available to start against the Netherlands. And I do think that that changes immediately what this U.S. Women's National Team can offer in terms of creativity, in terms of unleashing someone like a Sophia Smith against a potential three-back from the Netherlands. But generally, you know, I, I don't think this mood has really changed from the U.S. camp between Game 1 and Game 2 they know the grind, even though there's 14 new players on this team, they know the grind of a World Cup, they know the grind of a tournament, they know the grind of one game at a time, and that's been the mantra since day one, it hasn't changed, so I- I'm not concerned about anything that we're seeing out of this U.S. camp ahead of the biggest game of the group stage. Yeah, so we've got the U.S. against Netherlands. 2 a.m. Set your alarms. And then it is Portugal against Vietnam at 8.30, followed by Australia against Nigeria at 11. Um, Kiva, we'll start with you. What are you looking forward to from those fixtures? I'm kind of tempted to stay up and watch this US-Netherlands game just because 2 a.m. is not like the other games where they've been a little bit later. It's kind of tempting, isn't it? Do you stay up or do you go to bed? What's the, What do you do here? This is difficult, isn't it? I think I'd stay up because I'm a bit of a night owl anyway. So I'd usually be up around midnight anyway. So I think, do I just push it and if I'm awake past one, then I've just got to commit. It's difficult. I had to I had to get into ITV the other day. I, I had, had to, to be, be in for 2am. So I actually went to bed at nine, but yeah, part of me is like, should I have just stayed up the whole time? Because some of these kickoff times are, are tricky, aren't they? But it's proper airport be. stuff, isn't it? It, it? I felt like I was going on <laughs> holiday, but I didn't get to go on holiday. But this is going to be a belt of a game, isn't it? Oh, this will be a cracker, yeah. I think this will be a real sort of one to watch. That's why I'm like, surely I'll be awake enough to watch it because it's just going to be so exciting that you won't fall asleep during half time. Um, the other one I think to watch out for is probably Australia, Nigeria. Excited to just watch the, those teams again now and just see who can qualify out of this group. Obviously, Ireland have gone out, which is a big boost um, to everyone else, isn't it? Especially Nigeria, I think, after... Uh, first game. I'm looking forward to Portugal v Vietnam, Duncan, because I'm presenting it. So come on, sell that one. Um, Portugal, look, they were exciting that the Euros going forward, weren't they? Are we going to see some more of them compared to the opening group game they played? Yeah, I think the opening group game is a difficult proposition for. And we've seen that with multiple teams in this tournament. We've seen it in multiple tournaments as well. It's you know the, the pressure coming in, the build up, the training camps. You know, the first game can be almost like for some players. I think playing the, the first time they've ever played. I think you know once you settles in. I think yeah, I think they'll be a lot better in this game. It's a eight thirty, so that's that's neither team staying up or team getting up early. I'm very much in team staying up. So yeah, with with you both there. Highlights, then we are a week in. What's been the best bit so far, Kiva? Brazil. I absolutely love watching Brazil. That was just so enjoyable. Harry Bourget, Bourget, are we saying that? I think we went for Bourget's. 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 Yeah, she was like unbelievable still watching that goal on 
the backheel assist. Like you get a hat trick in your debut at the World Cup and then do that backheel assist is something else. And then you you go off and bring Martha on. Like what a moment. Just... <laughs> yeah, not bad, is it? I'd sort of go along with that. I mean, I know it's the biggest cliche in football in men or women's World Cups to, you know, that they don't get going to Brazil play but it's sort of true isn't it and and yeah that game really sort of felt like a World Cup I think the first Australia game felt like a big occasion but obviously the performance wasn't wasn't brilliant so you know hopefully they'll sort of hit the ground running a bit more from a host nation point of view tomorrow but um yeah I think we've seen obviously a lot of victories to nil so far um which again is a sort of thing that happens in tournaments quite a lot um you know quite cagey games and they do they do tend to open up in the sort of second and third group games so yeah i'm expecting it's been a a really good first week but i'm expecting it to to only get better yeah absolutely well thank you very much for joining us today make sure you subscribe to the athletic women's football podcast wherever you're listening now so you don't miss a single episode and thanks to my guests kiva o'neill duncan alexander laia cavero herrero meg linehan and jacob whitehead i'm michelle owen and we'll see you tomorrow The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.